Hello, and thank you for joining us in this five-part series on grit, perseverance, and the middle school student. I'm Scott Betosh, and I'm the head of school at Alexandria Country Day School, an independent school in Alexandria, Virginia, that serves about 200 students in kindergarten through eighth grade. I'm Ryan Woods. I'm the head of the middle school. Chris Ross. I'm the uh, director of student life and uh, science teacher for the middle school. I'm Meg Mosier. I'm the head advisor and seventh and eighth grade language arts teacher. In our previous episodes, we've discussed the specific learning traits we emphasize with students, assessment methods that value perseverance and reflection, and classroom practices that encourage independence, grit, and a growth mindset. In this episode, we will discuss some of the structures we use at Alexandria Country Day School to engage groups of students in directed activities and discussions pertaining to their social and emotional learning. In 2011, ACDS began implementing an advisory program called Developmental Designs. This program has its roots in the practices of responsive classroom, which students have experienced in our lower school classrooms, and adapts them for an older audience of middle school students. Central to the developmental designs model is Circle of Power and Respect, or CPR, a model for group dialogue that provides a structure of our small advisory groups in the middle school. In addition, we conduct weekly meetings of the whole middle school. These gatherings offer an opportunity to build community within the middle school across grade levels, and to provide a forum for exploring the learning traits and qualities of character that are highlighted in classrooms throughout the day. Let's start with our advisory program. Meg, perhaps you could give us an overview of the developmental design's approach to advisory groups. Sure. I think one thing that's really important is that there's a routine that's established every day that students know what to expect when they come into advisory. Um, one of the routines that we've established here at ACDS is a daily advisory session. Not all schools do it that way. In fact, we didn't always do it that way, but we've come to realize over time that it's really important that kids have those advisory interactions on a daily basis. So the first 20 or 25 minutes every day are spent in advisory. Kids gather in their advisory location with their advisor and their small group of peers. We usually keep it to about 10 students per advisory in the middle school with one and sometimes even two advisors per advisory group. Um, now the routine that happens within the circle of power and respect follows the same approach every day. It begins with something called daily news where it is often projected on the screen but it doesn't have to be. Some teachers could write it on a piece of chart paper but it's a, a message to the students that gets them engaged right away. It gives them something to do or something to think about when they come in the room and it kind of preps them for the topic that we're going to be focusing on that day. This is important because especially in the beginning of the school year when students might be getting used to one another or used to a new teacher, it, we can sometimes forget as adults how worrisome it is to students to not know what to do when they enter a room. So to have something like daily news where they have a, a simple little question they have to fill out on the board or something that they have to think about, it gives them a purpose. Um, the next thing that happens when we gather and actually start the session after going over the daily news is a greeting. And we talk to the kids about the importance of this very simple social skill of knowing different kinds of greetings. Uh, we spend a lot of time working on handshake and teaching kids how to give a firm handshake and look people in the eye and why that's important. So not only are these social skills that are going to benefit them in life when they leave ACDS, but there's plenty of research that indicates how important it is for students to feel acknowledged and noticed on a daily basis. And to have someone look you in the eye and say good morning to you, it's a simple little thing, but it's quite important with the way it's that's the tone for the day for how kids feel, how safe they feel here at school. After the greeting, we move on to a share. 
And there's a variety of ways people can do their shares. It could be a whole group share. It could be a partner share where you just you answer a question with a partner. Um, these shares can be fun and frivolous. This morning, the share my group talked about was if you had a thousand ping pong balls, what would you do with them? <laughs> and, and it was just silly to see what creative things kids would come up with. Other mornings, the share is more deeply connected to the topic we're going to be dealing with in, in our CPR session or our advisory session that day to kind of get them prepped and thinking about it. After the share, you always move on to the activity for the day. And I say activity and or discussion. Um, depends developmentally on where the group is. I think at the lower grade levels, it's very often activity focused. And in the upper level, seventh and eighth grade, sometimes we can take start with an activity, but that'll lead into a, a conversation and the kids want to delve more deeply into a conversation on a topic. But one of the premises of, of the developmental designs model is that play is a tool that's used to bond a group. Um, it also gives them a context for talking about some pro-social skills. A lot of the activities that we do require communication and teamwork and cooperation. And so you do this activity that's just fun and silly, but then afterwards you process it. And I think that processing component is really important for the kids to understand what did you have to do, all of you, to make this activity successful? And, and why would we do this in advisory? How might that help you in the rest of the day? Thank you. Um, one of the things that we've thought a lot about with advisory programs is that they're not just just opportunities to get together, but there's a, a concept or a theme or a throughput that, that we've thought about. Um, can somebody talk a little bit about how we've approached that idea of building the curriculum around CPR? Yeah, certainly. So I think there's two main parts to our curriculum at each grade level. One would be what are the needs of this particular group of students? And I think that's really important that uh, we never lose sight of that. You know, each, each class, each advisory group brings their own dynamic. Um, and we want to make sure that we're paying attention to that, that dynamic and, and we're meeting their needs. So, you know, if we see that there's a class that's having a hard time navigating lunch tables, like literally they're having a hard time breaking up into groups that aren't super clicky, which happens in middle school, then we'll use a CPR session or two to really just dive into that conversation. We'll explicitly put it on the table and say, this is what we've noticed with your group right now. Um, can anyone tell us a little bit about why we're doing this? And then we're going to figure out how we're going to make it better. Um, so that, that's one area is we're making sure we're paying attention to the needs of the students. The second is is that, you know, certainly we, I mean, we have an agenda as a school, or I guess I should say we have a mission as a school, and we want to make sure that we're always driving that mission home. So the CPR session is a time to deal with components of our mission that are non-academic in nature, really. Um, and I think that's really important. Whenever I'm talking about CPR, that's what I share with people, that, you know, we don't want this to turn into an extra language arts class. We don't. We don't. We want to make sure that this is dealing with things that, are really on kids' minds. And in the middle school, the things that are on kids' minds are, are the social pieces. So we do a lot of conversations um, that are about social-emotional learning, and, and that's where it happens. Um, I want to go back to one thing that, that Meg said at the beginning, is that you know each day we have these 20 to 25-minute conversations. It's one of the things that I'm most proud of in our middle school. I think, there again, there's, there's lots of schools that will say, um, we do character education, and in fact, we, you know, we have four assemblies a year where we talk about character, <laughs> um, and I'm really proud that we can say we talk about character every single day. We, we devote 20 to 25 minutes to it, and not only do we talk about it, I, I think that you know, just the fact that we have that built into our schedule, that sends a powerful message to our kids. Mm -hmm. This is important to, our to the teachers, and that's why they spend time doing it every day, and guess what? We do it first thing every day, mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really important. 
I think there's there's something to setting as you mentioned, Meg, setting the tone for the day. There's also this idea of, as we've talked about through the different episodes, having a consistent language, both that you practice and that is presented to you, as well as things that you see as they come up just during, in the course of the day. So making that connection between the themes and the ideas that they talk about in CPR specifically, and then seeing them play out um, as they're engaging in their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. I think it's also been interesting is that, that how nimble the CPR can be because you do it frequently enough. And I've seen cases, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit, where circumstances have changed or something has come up where you can then use that time that's available to you with a built-in framework to address it, where maybe there's an issue that's risen, as you said, in the class. Um, so being able to not just follow a curriculum, but that it's adaptable. Right. I can share an example yeah. if you'd like. We had a student with us um, last year who was on the autism spectrum, but it wasn't something that was shared with us as, as his teachers, his family elected to not, to not share that piece. And well, we had our suspicions, but we worked our best to support him and integrate him with the class. And for the most part, things were going along pretty well. But at one point during the school year, there was a group of students in my class during the study hall. And some of the students were looking at something on an iPad. And all of a sudden I heard this one boy who was on the autism spectrum, speak up and say, I really wish you guys wouldn't say that. I happen to be autistic. And that cued me into that right away. And I asked him to come over, and I spoke with him, and I said, I heard you say this, and can you tell me a little bit more about that? I didn't know. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm on the autism spectrum. And we had a conversation about it, and and I spoke with the boys and, and dealt with that issue in the moment. But then I gathered the other eighth-grade advisors together and said, I think we need to deal with this. I think we need to make a, C- a CPR session or two where we talk about it. So we spoke with the student um, and asked if he would be comfortable with us doing that. Asked his parents if they'd be comfortable with us doing that. And they said they absolutely would. And that sounds like now is the right time to do it. So we introduced what it means to have Asperger's syndrome and in his own advisory, he helped explain and define what it is to his peers. In the advisories he wasn't a part of, we spoke very openly about you know this particular incident that happened in study hall. All the kids knew about it. And I think that's something that's really powerful that we can do in CPR is be very open with the students and, and talk about the things that are happening. They know we know this happened. They know it happened. And we're not hiding it or going about our day. We're, we're saying, all right looks like we're ready to have this conversation and we can have it and we can model as your teachers how to have this developmentally appropriate conversation and teach you how to talk about things that might feel, oh geez, this is awkward, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say and, and we can do that very openly with our students. As a result of the two CPR sessions we had geared towards understanding Asperger's syndrome and, and for this one particular student to be able to say, here's what you've all done that's made it really wonderful for me to be at school here, and here are some things that make it hard. We noticed that in that week, a dramatic shift in the behavior between him and his peers and the way they were interacting with one another for the better. Um, So I think that's an example of a very real-world, on-the-ground application of us being able to adapt and respond to a social-emotional dynamic. Mm -hmm. And it's it's striking because that's a a particularly sensitive topic to to talk about. So there must... It's indication that that structure has created some safe space in which yes. to have those conversations, and I imagine that this is a structure that students also are able to fall back on or engage with. I'm wondering how, you know, um, 
you see that playing out, whether students refer to, because we've developed this common language, refer to CPR or refer to the discussions that have happened as issues arise in the classroom. Well, I, I think that they they still need some guidance on it uh, a number of times. I mean, it's 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 um, it's definitely a work in progress, but it's a it's a unbelievably important work in progress because as middle school teachers and teachers in general, we know that it's those relationships that really help to make um, a really big difference in the kids' lives. And now we have this this program that allows us to. Uh, not only provide that structure to go deeper into different conversations or have harder conversations, but it's yet another group, another cohort that allows us to really dig deep into the relationships that we have with these kids, into their lives, and then not only just from the teacher-student relationship, but also the students between themselves, because they do see themselves as a smaller cohort, a group that they can, um, you know, that they can trust, they can talk with about certain things. And it doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't even necessarily happen over the course of the year for everybody. But as, as they go through that, as they, as they experience what it's like, um, the number of conversations that we have that deal with sensitive issues, and also the ease with which we can get into those conversations, dramatically improves over the course of the year. And, it, and it's, it's remarkable, and it's fun, and it makes it a, a really useful tool as a teacher to be able to tap into that time period in the day and also that added relationship that's been built. So I'd say that, yeah, they start to do it on their own and you can start to see that, uh, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes time to kind of work out all of the, uh, all of the little cobwebs and things like that. And also it's, it's not, um, it's not a, uh, an adolescent thing to do to have this sort of mature approach to a conversation. So, you know, they're, they know how to go there, but whether they absolutely just jump into it on their own, not necessarily, but with a little prodding, they go there very well, mm -hmm. very easily. Well, I know one of the ideas behind Responsive Classroom, right, which this is built, is that idea of, of practicing these skills. Mm -hmm. right? We expect students to be able to engage in conversation, but they need to practice doing mm -hmm. it. So even things like the greeting, as you mentioned yeah. before, a simple task, getting in the habit of doing it every day just becomes muscle memory as opposed yeah. to something that they have to really think about. And you mentioned something, Chris, too, about the student and the teacher relationship, because this is another non-academic environment where you're not passing judgment on them as a student, where mm -hmm. you can build relationship uh, that seems to be um, a really important byproduct of CPR. Yeah, it definitely is. I think, um, you know, each day when we're doing these shares, I mean, Meg mentioned kind of a goofy one from earlier today where you certainly learn something about a student, but then there's often ones where we're intentionally asking a question to learn more about a student. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, tell me about your siblings or tell me what your favorite activity is to do outside of school or share with me a, a difficult situation you've been in the past. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as, as a teacher, it's really great to sit in that room and hear all these different stories that students are sharing because, again, you really get to know them on a, on a much different level. They move from being just this academic being into like a real person and, and the teachers share too by the way I think that's really important to mention right. that you know we're always sharing our funny stories too and then I think that really normalizes us in the eyes of the student as well so it, it builds that strong bond um, you know a central component or belief like you just mentioned Scott of, of developmental designs is like if you're going to move any child forward it's going to be through a good relationship and if you don't have a good relationship no matter what else you do it's just not going to work um, so that's why we really believe that this work is central to everything we do and we're going to make them better students through this work, believe it or not. We, we joked a little bit earlier about how uh, it's not just another language arts class, but I, I do confess that this morning for my seventh graders, 
um, there was there was a connection. I wouldn't say it was another language arts class, but the the seventh graders are getting ready this week to do their big speech uh, presentation, and they've been working hard on it and uh, doing a lot of rewrites, a lot of practicing, and things like that. And I think that they. They've been dealing with some pretty, you know, some heavy sensitive issues, a number of them. And I don't know that they've necessarily had the opportunity to really understand what it is that they're talking about and, more importantly, why each of these kids is talking about what they're talking about. And so today, I just had them run through, they said their topic in general, but then I said, okay, so now why did you choose that topic? And they got a chance to share, again, with that close-knit group, what it is that they're going through and why they talked about that and what what... Were there, you know, motivations behind that big presentation that they're getting ready to do in just a couple of days? So it was another, um, so it wasn't a language arts class per se, but it was a connection to something that there is definitely on their minds and they're all very anxious about it this I think week. that's great though, Chris, because what that, what that does for those kids that are in that group is now when they're audience members for that speech later on this week, they have that personal connection. They, they, their, their peer gets up there to give this speech, and rather than maybe tuning out and worrying about their own speech because it's two chairs away and they're coming up, <laughs> but they're listening to them and they remember what, what this person shared about their personal experience and why they picked this particular topic. I think that that, that teacher-student relationship piece and the peer-peer relationship piece is crucial that gets built through advisory because we know that students are more willing to take academic risks, they're more likely to admit mistakes, they're more likely to ask questions and seek guidance when they feel that they're a member of a safe community that cares about them. That's true for all people. And as your example points out, Chris, there's an emotional component to their academic work. If you're yes. getting ready to do a speech, you may have practiced the sequence of your points, you've practiced your delivery, but underneath that is undoubtedly a lot of anxiety about what you're about to do, uncertainty about how your peers are going to receive it. So having that space where they can navigate that and, and test it out and, and get some affirmation is, is really valuable. Yeah, they're making themselves vulnerable, and, yep. and it's exciting to see it happen you know, in a protective and safe mm -hmm. environment. I want to make sure we move to midweek meeting because this is another component that's really been critical to how we connect advisory to the classroom and to our community of the middle school as a whole. Um, and Ryan, I'm wondering maybe you could start us off by talking a little bit about the motivation behind creating the midweek meeting, which is a gathering of all the middle school together uh, once a week in the, in the middle of the week, and how we connect that uh, to the larger advisory program. Sure. So while we love that each advisory group forms a very special and tight bond, we want to make sure that they always remember that they're connected to something much bigger than just their small group. They're a member of our community. They're a member of our middle school division. Um, so one way that we make sure that that's always ever-present is by having the midweek meeting every Wednesday. So the entire middle school comes comes to one location, um, and we run it just the way we would a CPR. So it's just a giant CPR. It's not a CPR of 10. It's a CPR of 125. Um, and another thing it does beyond just kind of reminding us that we're a part of this big community is that it gives us common language. So the approach that we've taken this year is that um, the midweek meeting really sets the stage for a division-wide CPR the next day. Um, so typically, um, grade-level teams plan CPRs. So the seventh grade, they map out their year or their week. Sixth grade does theirs. So there can be, there's four different topics going on across our middle school between fifth through eighth grade. Um, but um, on Wednesday, excuse me, on Thursday, the day following our midweek meeting, everyone in the middle school will be doing a follow-up to what we heard about on Wednesday. So if there is something that really um, needs to be addressed across the entire division, then that's the space where we can do it. Um, so for example, 
this year, um, we wanted to make sure that we were really talking about the election and not the election from an academic standpoint in terms of like this is the way the process works. Um, but instead, we wanted to be talking about what they were hearing and seeing in the news. We felt like that we needed to be doing that. So we had some uh, conversations in midweek meeting, and we also had some division-wide follow-ups in CPR where we were really addressing these issues. And it gave us common language as a middle school community around what does um, respectful discourse and dialogue look, sound, and feel like. That was like our tagline that everyone in the middle school had heard a million times. And they needed to hear. We all did, adults included. Um, so that's, that's the general framework for midweek meeting. And it, what's interesting about that is the... Is the, the continuum from the large group midweek meeting, everybody getting these ideas, to the CPRs where it's broken down into small groups and then individually ultimately in the classroom where that continual language is being used and reinforced yeah. all the way through. Um, and it gives a real opportunity to um, have a complete wraparound experience mm -hmm. from yeah. the students and their academics. And so it's not just, as you pointed out, the character education program where periodically you hear a concept, but it's going to continually applied all the way through. Um, so with that in mind, I want to bring us to a close. Um, in our next episode, uh, I'm really excited about because we'll have an opportunity to bring our students to the table to hear mm -hmm. them reflect on all the things that we've said and hopefully um, reinforce uh, <laughs> what we've said. Hopefully it's sunk in with them. So we'll have an opportunity to hear from our students about their experiences with approaches we've discussed in these podcasts. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to our previous podcast episodes, which can be found on iTunes under Alexandria Country Day School. And while you're there, leave a review and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening.